Now, I need to remember how to do this, Tom. Okay. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the HGA podcast. We're back after a long, long absence. I'm your host, Sam, joined once again by Tom. How are you, <coughs> sir? Sorry. It's a bit, bit dusty here. It's a bit Pop dusty here. <laughs> not, not done this in a yeah. while. Jeez. <coughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm all right. I'm all right. A few um, spiders and cobwebs around my microphone, but we're good. We're good. Yeah. It's a bit kind of... Uh... It's been... Uh... A little bit cold, we've let, let it get a bit chilly down yeah, here, I think. It's been a minute, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really has been. Yeah, so obviously the last time the, an episode of this went up was, what was it, June? I think uh, it was when that episode I went think up. so. And we recorded that at the, I think it was the end of June that episode went up, and we actually recorded it at the end of May, so um, we, we, uh, we've got a good track. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking this, at we? the upload time, and it says two months ago from now. Now, for, for just for... Yeah. for people being people yeah for people to be aware right now it is the first of september 2021 so you're probably listening to this in about january um <laughs> we're hoping to get it uploaded before christmas uh, <laughs> fingers crossed we shall see now nah, we'll get it done it'll be fun yeah yeah but it'd be perfect well, you know we, we did all those other five episodes in in good enough time apart from maybe the second one and the fourth one. Sure. Anyway, moving on. That's that's <laughs> that's all history. Even though we'll probably end up reverting back to that in about oh, two weeks' yeah. time. So what we thought we'd do is a lot has happened uh, since the last episode, and basically Tom and I are going to be basically doing catch up episode. We're going to be talking about what we've been watching and playing since the last episode, and also there's something I want to bring up that was fairly recent that's also very exciting. So we'll begin with Tom. Tom, we'll start with watching. What was the what's the most recent thing you've been watching? Well, what if is currently a thing on on Disney Plus, isn't it? Um, yes, yes. It I is. feel like you were going to link into that. I, I thought I was. That actually was the first thing on my I, list. You've I read my so. mind. I thought so. uh, it definitely seems like your type of show. Now, yeah, and I've been watching a lot of that. Obviously, Loki has been and gone. Yeah, I watched all of that. Not really sure. Was Winter Soldier finished by the time we got round to doing the last one? I say Winter Soldier, uh, Falcon, Win- Falcon, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Soldier. Is that um, done? I think well, that... I think we're waiting for the last episode oh. to come out. As far well, as that, that's that's been and gone. I'm thoroughly impressed with all of these. It's all very Marvel, isn't it? It's all very. It's all Disney Plus. Tears, tears. And I watched. I, I finally got round to watching uh, Superstore for the first time. What the hell is Superstore? How to explain Superstore? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those shows. Um, Think Big Bang Theory, but instead of everyone being a really smart scientist and it being filmed in their apartment, everyone is a floor worker in a American superstore. Are they the same types of personalities that are on the Big Bang Theory? You could say that. I mean, it, it's it. very much down the sort of office and parks and recreation sort of style. So you, you, you might not right. hate it. Well, I've I've been meaning to watch Parks and Rec for a long time. That's not too bad either. But but if it's anything like Big Bang Theory, I will hate mm. it with my guts because that is an, that's an appalling show with appalling characters. Uh, Do we have to bring up the think, this is an opinion sign already? We're we're not even five no. minutes in. <laughs> no, we don't because objectively, it's an opinion. There's a reason. There's there's a reason there are multiple video essays on YouTube showing that those characters are adorable misogynists. And perpetuate some disgusting um, attitudes. Okay, I accept this premise. Very good, very good. 
as long as as long as we're accepting reality here, I, that the that the writers were so so however, bad that they wrote some just like Frankly awful characters. Okay. Yes. From an objective standpoint, I understand and I fully agree with where you're coming from. Forty million an episode. Yeah, friends earned a lot per episode, and that doesn't mean that any of them are actually good. Oh, yeah, there's something else that came out recently since the last episode. The uh, Friends reunion. <laughs> the reunion thing. <laughs> nice link. <laughs> Didn't even plan that. That's uh, clearly my professionalism standing out. It's back. Let's let's go back to what we know, though. Let's go back to the Marvel thing, because I do want to talk about what if. Oh, right. Dear. Here we go. I feel like this is going to be a so, lot of questions for me. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. It's, it's not much of an interview as, as, the, as the, the second half yeah, of the, the last, the last podcast three was. podcasts have been. No, the last three... Uh, no, I'd say uh, four and five were kind of definitely more discussion That, As I said, the second half of the last podcast was definitely more it, of an interview it, yeah. than, <laughs> than, than I thought it, it was going to be. Like that. But, yeah, so... Right, here's my thing with Marvel's What If. So, I was really, really excited okay. for it. Because the first episode, so... I think because we're, you know, it's obviously still part way through it, we should look to spoil as little as humanly possible. With, with, what is not with a spoiler that, is, is obviously with the, with the concept with of the With that being episodes. said, when this comes out, <laughs> surely enough time will have passed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not happy with your concept, with you thinking it's going to take me several months to edit these. I'm, not uh, happy with that, I'm just going off your previous track record. That's all. Pot kettle match. How long is it taking you to write those, write those, um, that animation and that? Well, other given thing? that it usually takes about five years to write the screenplay, and I'm already about thirty percent done, I'd say I'm doing pretty well. I think you'll find, mate, that the uh, the writers of Suicide Squad would uh, beg to differ. Six weeks, I think, it took them to write that. Yeah, and it shows. <laughs> not the point. <laughs> that is exactly the point. Oh dear, you can't you can't come at me with Suicide Squad. Come on, at least pick something decent. Okay, okay, Duke Nukem oh. Forever then. That took eighteen <laughs> years to do. Right, back to the point. Back to the point. We're anyway, right. Again. So, I mean, that's as we said. That's the entire point of this yeah, sodding true. podcast. Right, Marvel's What If. I was really excited for the first episode because the first episode, as I've said in in previous podcasts. My, about my love for this character is obviously um features peggy carter and what would have happened if she if she had been the one injected with the the serum mm. now i haven't watched the other two mainly because really? I, I got a bit I, I got a bit of a kind of bit of taste in my mouth after after the after the first one i think um i like that the second one the, the second one to, uh what if the charla was star lord i think is it, it yeah is, isn't it and then episode three is, wasn't it, what if the Avengers hadn't, was it if they hadn't returned after the snap, or is it no, if no, they no, hadn't? No, 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 the third one, oh, what I is it? it um, I'm trying not to give too much away, because obviously you haven't seen it, and you, like like you said, this yeah. could potentially just come out next week. Um, what, what? how how do I explain it? So, it was something about, something um, about Nick Fury and the Avengers, I can't remember what the exact no, premise is. No, 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 is. no, it's at the bare, bare bones of it. Oh no, I can't actually tell you that because that would ruin it. I was trying to remember Basically, what it, you know, when you go on um, Disney Plus and you look at the episode list, it tells you the name of the, uh, the episode, then what the uh, oh, like a very yeah. brief synopsis. I, 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 I can't remember what it is. Um, no, it basically. Um, so the Iron Man two, Iron Man one, Iron Man two scenario. I can't mm-hmm. remember which one that is. The one where he's in the donut. That happens. Iron that, two. That's Iron Man two. two. Okay, that happens. The same week that the Thor 
one like when he comes to earth for the first time that happens and um the hulk tearing up the university um in the incredible hulk with not uh gruffalo ever not not gruffalo um (laughs) yeah those three things within the cinematic universe all happen in the same week um yeah and the that episode of what if is all about uh that going wrong and it's got a really clever spin about why but i can't tell you why because that would ruin the entire premise that would ruin the story they've done it they've done it quite cleverly actually you can't really talk about it without ruining it (laughs) yeah so so so, so that's the premise of those episodes as i said that the first one i was really excited for because as i've said before i love the character of peggy carter um, when you watch the series Agent Carter, all the shit go- she goes through, you know, you can only sympathise with this character. Obviously, she is a, a, also a bloody badass. I don't know about you, what you thought, Tom. I There were parts of it that I really, really liked. Yeah. But I didn't think that personally the... Uh, it's, it's annoying as to properly talk about it. We've got to actually... It's a series. It's episode one. If you haven't watched the first episode of this series, by the time that this thing's come out and you've finally got around to listening to us, because for damn sure this has been on the channel at least a week before you've even gotten around to listening, it's your own fault. Yeah. Spoiler warning now, Yes. episode one is so, about to be spoiled for you. Yeah, the idea that that Howard Stark had, at the same, had used the Tesseract at the same time as the serum had been given to Peggy to also build basically a, an Iron Man suit for steve rogers and that he is involved in the war as well and all the stuff that surrounds that and then what goes to happen at the castle and the i i wasn't a fan of mm. that i thought you know it, perhaps you know with the it's a bit of a you know obviously cause the whole idea of the the series is you know marvel right is getting to have some fun with the established canon yeah. and you know I, I i'm absolutely happy for them to do so you know ha- have fun with you know, what if, you know, obviously the second one is what if T'Challa was Star-Lord? That's a really, really fun concept. But I, I wasn't I wasn't a fan as much as I thought I would be in terms of where they decided to go with the story beats of that episode. Yeah, it did seem a bit weird. Like, I, honestly, I didn't mind the fact that Steve was still involved in the war. Okay. I didn't like the fact that he needed to have the suit to be able to be in the war. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know what it was. Something in me, especially, it got to the train scene, and obviously, like, he yes, goes yeah. and, like, gets knocked over, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, Hydra pick him up. Now, in the established canon, uh, it that's Bucky that falls off the train. It's not Hydra that pick him up. It's the Russians. No, it's yeah. the Soviets, yeah. Hydra just take him over later, but it's the Soviets that get him from there so surely that should have been steve rogers is then taken by the soviets bucky then turns up later on to help her with whatever is going on and then like fast they could have done something really cool and like fast forwarded to like modern day like she did right at the very end and suddenly the winter soldier is steve rogers and I, I, yeah. thought, I thought that was a really cool thing, and that's, I thought that was where they were going with that, and then it, obviously yeah, so did they I. didn't. And I think they probably thought that was a really cool twist, but yeah, not yeah. really. And, and and also, you know, the fact that you know, 
because obviously that is kind of the main emotional. It's it's it's, t- it's the first of the two main emotional things about the first Avenger film. It's about the Bucky is you know lost, presumed mm. dead, and then that Steve's en- end- ends up in the ice. As you say, the fact they just went, no, Hydra found him. Hydra knew where he was. Is a bit kind of yeah, especially well, with like the that's an a entire bit odd. like mountain drift worth of snow just fell on him. Yeah, yeah, he's in a metal suit, yeah. but. Still, mm. the other thing uh, for me was, I mean, what what I will say to the episode's credit is, I I quite liked the the way they um uh, invoked Peggy basically going forward into the yeah. future, um, and her being in the in the quote unquote modern timeline. I quite like that with her, you know, obviously obviously on on the other end of the of the mm. Tesseract portal. The I, the thing about the other thing I, I will say about Rogers being involved in the war in the mech armor, I I don't know about you, this might just be you know, feeling a little bit protective over Peggy Carter, the character, you know, because this is meant to be focused yeah. on her, is I did feel that him being in the suit did detract a little bit away from the focus being on Peggy. Yeah. I felt that I felt like she was almost, like, not entirely pushed aside, but a I little bit... I know where bit... you're coming from, and I know exactly why, because are, are you struggling to figure out why, but you know that it did? I can, I can yeah. tell you why. Yeah. It's a Mark One helmet. It's the Iron Man Mark I helmet, and in the back of your mind, yeah, you yeah. know exactly what the Iron Man suit can do. And you're looking at that and going, well, that's an Iron Man suit. Yeah. If. And it's like, he, he can do all this stuff in the in 1943. Yeah. If they like... had changed it up and maybe, I don't know, completely different uh, style of mech suit, maybe like stuck. Yeah. Oh, this is just me being the... Um, maybe like stuck a, a like a cannon on his arm or whatever, like m- made it look very visually different to any of the Iron Man suits, War Machine, Iron Patriot, any of those. Made it very yeah. visually different, but still gave him the mech suit to be able to fight. You wouldn't have the same issue because you'd look at him and go, "That is Steve Rogers' metal suit. It doesn't have a name." Mm. But you, you're I looking at also... it and you're going, "That's a Mark One helmet." Therefore, that is an Iron Man suit. Why is Steve Rogers in an Iron Man suit? That Steve Rogers in an Iron Man suit suddenly Captain America plus Iron Man equals strong and stronger than any other character. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what's happening in the back of your mind while you're watching that. I think also a little bit of it was the fact that, you know, they mentioned that, you know, that I, that suit that Rogers is in is basically indestructible. Um, and, you know, it's got all these different powers and stuff. And so I'm, I'm sat back thinking, well, you know, you've made this this great suit. What's the point of Peggy then? And this is meant to be her kind of focused what if episode. You know what really annoyed me? The thing that annoyed me the most, and it's something really stupid, but it did. It really annoyed well, me. In canon, Steve Rogers gets the serum. And yeah, he has to put on the stupid outfit and go do the, all the speeches, blah, 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 blah. All right. When it came round to him actually getting into the fight, finally, he was allowed to choose his own suit, choose his own yeah, shield, yeah. and choose his own team. For Peggy, Peggy it was just given to her. she's in a bar, and he just comes out and he's like, that's your shield, that's your suit. That's your suit, yeah. Where was... She didn't get a choice like he did, and it wasn't shown that she got a choice like he did. He was given... What? What is that? Like, maybe ten... 11 different shields, and he picks the one that they weren't even going to go for. Yeah, yeah. They they said, oh no, you can't you can't have that one. And he's like, why? It works. 
I like this one. It's this one works really well. And they, they everyone said no, and he was still allowed to do it. But she just gets handed mm. one and says, "That's what you get." That just I don't know. If, it it's probably the feminist in me, but I I don't I don't know. I didn't like <laughs> that. I it just no. No, I I also didn't like the fact that you know because. I understand that that kind of they've got to be a little bit quicker. You know, they're only, I think, 35 minute long episodes. So they've got to be a little bit quicker in terms of, you know, how they get to the end point they want to get to with this whole concept. But I also felt along those lines, right, you know, we could have had a little bit more time, you know, of, as you say, of Peggy actually, you know, choosing how she wants the uniform, you know, what type of shield she wants or, you know, or what type of, sidearm she wants or something like that and you know there were because i felt maybe there was a little bit too much you know because she, she has quite a few moments where you know it's her just basically taking on the entire german yeah. army like like for example the again this kind of ties into the maybe not wanting steve rogers in the suit to be in there like the whole fighting the luftwaffe alongside the RAF over the skies of what is either is either south um southern england in the nine in 1943 or over the skies of France and Germany. Yeah. No, I see what you mean. Like, it's almost like they looked at it and was like, well, she doesn't seem powerful enough. Let's just go, let's do this. But they've done it, they did it completely wrong. Instead of boosting the bits that they should have done and made her look more powerful and sort of self-sufficient in the bits that they they should have done, instead they were like, oh no, we'll just, you know, we'll throw throw her out of a plane and she can just attack pilots in midair. Yeah, while ignoring all physics whatsoever, um, <laughs> and then she'll land and be completely unharmed. Like I, mm. I get that, like Steve Rogers used to jump out of a plane all the time, but even back then, during the war, when he was jumping out of planes, he still took a parachute. It wasn't until modern times when they just landed on the f- you know on the floor with with seemingly no broken yeah. bones or anything like that. Like it, and, and I mean even with. When is it Winter Soldier? He he smashes the glass, he jumps out of the elevator and fall like free falls out of the shield building through the glass ceiling and yeah. then slams into the ground. He is still hiding behind that shield and he gets up as if he's yeah, injured yeah. and then walks it off. And that was what? Three stories? We're and then we're talking these planes are probably ten thousand feet up, if not more. Yeah. Fighting. And she's expected to just land that with nothing. It, it, it's it's not equalizing right. The writers are not thinking right about what they need to do. This links back to a previous yeah. conversation we've had on here about the whole inclusion thing. What they're doing is they're doing it yeah. because they can. They're not thinking about the reasons behind it. And this falls back into thinking that the audience is just stupid and will accept whatever when actually this, the audience know what they're talking about and probably are bigger fanatics than the writers themselves. Yeah. I.e. me and you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, as I said, like, I, I overall probably enjoyed the, you know, the episode. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'll enjoy the other episodes, but I, I feel like, you know, there's a bit of a, as I said, there's a little bit of a bitter taste left in my mouth because of just these, these, these elements that, didn't really work as well i thought um and and it's the fact that it's your thing also thinking about it they changed some of the i know you know to, to preface this i know the whole i know the whole concept of this show is that they are changing the established marvel yes. canon 
but even the small stuff like the 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 one that got me was the because the the way the narration set it up was that the whole basically you know the, the multiverse shift was when peggy carter said no i i don't i don't want to take my place up in the booth but they didn't take their place in the booth they were all stood yeah, on the ground so for some reason her decision changed what everybody else was doing also did you notice that the german dude right she said no but that german dude that blows the thing up had already put his thing in place long long before the decision yeah, came yeah, to uh, that came to her He'd already yeah. put the explosive downstairs as opposed to putting it upstairs. Yeah, like it was meant. It was a briefcase instead, and there's oh no, it's just a piece of the floor. Yeah, it's like, well, hang on a second, that makes it seem like it's an inside yeah. job. Also, he took instead of taking the one extra that should have been sat there, he he went and took it from the actual machine. Yeah, yeah. So it like there, there's there are flaws, and I'm not gonna lie, there are flaws similar. Like along the similar lines, uh, and so, like similar to that in the next two episodes as well. Yeah, I I had a, I had a feeling that this might be a bit of a pattern in in the episodes. You know, there are flaws that either leading up to the you know before the what if where it's still technically within the Marvel canon, or stuff that just doesn't quite sit right. Yeah, it's um, misalignments and things. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's. Hang on, let me. Oh, I was going to, you know, one thing to praise is that I thought it's Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah, episode four's out now. I haven't seen that one. And it says Doctor Strange. So it should be. Oh. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's the Spider Man Doctor Strange thing, I think, that I've I've seen on the the cover photo. Hang on. What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? Curious. Oh, okay. Um, Sounds quite good. But yeah, no, the first one was just a bit. Yeah. I was going to say, though, the one thing to. Um, to say that I did really, really enjoy. I thought the voice cast was really yeah. good. Yeah. Obviously, the one glaring omission is that there's no Chris Evans. Yeah, that, that was Captain America. Weird. Yeah, that that was always. I think it's the fact that for me, I I couldn't quite get over it. The fact that every other character was being the role was being reprised by the actor. The that was the one thing I couldn't get in episode three that you won't like. Um, yeah. Because I I I imagine Robert Downey Jr. is not not in it. Um, I yeah I don't think it, so. It's, it, it's the fact that I think it's also you know because you can get voice actors that you know sound very close to to the actual you know on screen actor. Um, like for example, I think some of the in some of like the Lego games and all that kind of stuff, the voice actor that does Tony Stark mm. is actually quite good. Yeah. Um, from what I recall, you know it's been said that you know the voice actor that does um, the voices Vader was just a fan that you know did some of the voices in some of the animators saw him and go actually you're really good we'll bring we'll bring you in to do it instead of getting um james old jones yeah. to do it so it can work but it's just the fact as i said the fact that every other character with their role was being reprised by the actor and then the lack of chris evans i always i could never yeah. quite no i know what you mean i know get mean. that um i don't think james gunn came back for yondu's sidekick in the second one either i think that's somebody else oh okay um but the yeah. guy that played Yondo, Yondu is back. Chadwick Boseman actually uh, recorded his lines for it before he passed. So so it is actually oh. Chadwick Boseman. Um, yeah. The second one, I obviously, I, right, so the fourth one came out today. I haven't seen that yet. Out of the first three, the second one is my favorite. The second mm-hmm. one, they did so cleverly. So, so cleverly. 
Um, and yeah. it's it's so funny. There are, there are some really funny moments in it. But there's like there's episode uh, in episode three. There's parts I know you won't like because they are literally they're just repeats of scenes from the movies with the same actors reading the same lines. But you can tell that it's different because they're they're like they're yeah. reading them with uh, a different tone of voice or at a different speed. Like the conversation with Fury and Stark in in the donut shop yeah that is a scene that is revisited and fury just doesn't he doesn't sound right it feels like he's rushing the conversation compared to watching obviously i mean obviously because it is two different mediums one's animation one one's live action i i can i can get it and mm. they're filmed however many years apart it was it was like 10 10 years ago now or something like that yeah, it was like 2008, I think, was Iron Man yeah. 2, I think. Um, so I, I do get it, but like they use the same... It's the same actor. It is Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson. It's it's the same yeah. person saying the same... Like, the words are the same. He's It's the exact same lines, it's the same actor, and it's supposed to be within the same environment and the same scene. But it... So just to clarify, so 2010 was when Iron Man 2 came out. I was oh, okay. two years off. I think 2008 okay. was the first one. Was the first uh, yeah. Iron Man movie? Oh Jesus! It's Eleven years then. Yeah, it's mad. But actually, can I can I can we just quickly bring up um something I I only really I want to say I I, I don't want to say found out but came to a realization a couple of days ago and it shocked me and that's so on the topic of uh, Iron Man two yeah. I didn't I didn't realize that or have forgotten that Samuel Jackson is seventy two. How the fuck is that man seventy two? He can't die. He looks incredible yeah. for his age. Yeah, he does. He looks like he's still in yeah. his 50s. Something that a lot of people in our, our generation uh, have, uh, are struggling to come to terms with is that yeah. we've grown up with a very set um, selection of actors within media, such as RDJ, Jude Law, um, Will Smith, uh, Samuel Jackson. Like, like that. There, there is a very set group of actors that we have Jesus, we've 56. grown up with and they Jesus. are all now old like yeah rdj's 50 i didn't yeah. even know he's that old samuel Bloody jackson I remember, I was is, looking at, samuel jackson was in the same year as my nan at school christ yeah it's like, mad um some of the older older actors as well we don't realize was that was still around when like air raids were happening like some of them have lived yeah. through like world war Two and whatnot it was mad and yet we don't do like like we, we, half of the time we struggle to realize this purely because they still look essentially timeless like yeah the the, the other one because I, I i watched um sorry to cut you off mate i, I was watched i watched for the first sorry i rewatched and then watched for the first time subsequently uh, wreck it ralph and then uh ralph breaks the internet oh okay um and obviously yeah the second one's not so great first one's still amazing um and i was looking through the cast and i was like uh, you know because um one of the main characters uh casting that is sarah silverman i was like how old is sarah silverman she's 50 how the fuck is that woman yeah. 50 i thought she came to i thought she was under doing comedy for a couple of years but it's like yeah. jesus christ look you look great for the race like um what was the? Hang on, I'm just gonna. <laughs> this is sorry. This is our of um moment of the podcast where we just have a 
a Christ about how old uh, people are. Like Will Ferrell's yes. fifty four. Like, yeah. How the hell? It's mad. It. I was. It's crazy. I was going to segue from that, and I can't remember what. Um, oh yeah, that was it. So just one final thing on Marvel's What If, because you mentioned it in terms of the you know uh, the way that the lines are delivered in episode three. Yeah. What do we think of the of the art style of of, of the animation style? Because I thought it's I'm enjoying it. I thought I yeah I, I quite liked it. I mean, there's one the one thing is again you know looking at episode one, the faces aren't quite right, um, and obviously part of that does come from it being a stylized animated they cartoon. Don't, that, that continues through. <laughs> I'm telling tell you now. But 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 do, do you know what I mean in terms of you know you you know exactly what the actor's face looks like and it's not yeah, quite yeah, right. No, I, I know what you mean. Um, it's like when you're playing Battlefront 2 and you go to Anakin and he's wearing his Clone Wars um, outfit, but it's Hayden Christian's uh, Hayden Christensen's face. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, that doesn't that's look right. Odd. That doesn't look put. No, no, put the animated face back on or or put him back yeah. in other robes. Don't don't cross over. It's weird. Yeah, with with Kenobi, and you I, can put you and McGregor. Yeah, you and McGregor. It kind of in the, the outfit from the cartoon. He looks fine. Yeah. I think I think that, that's more because they based. Yeah. I, I think that there was a deliberate choice, wasn't there, when animating and the clone was to go. Let's base it off this person, <laughs> off your McGregor's act, yeah. actual face instead of poor Hayden yeah. Christensen. No, I um, like the art style because it, it, it it's almost like it's um, like the original sort of cartoon style, but it's also yeah. sort of mixed in with it. Like I was getting very definite like anime vibes from it as well. From like, oh, okay. so, well, not not necessarily like the characters themselves, but from like the backgrounds and some of the like the set designs and stuff. Especially later on, yeah. There's a couple of scenes uh, where the backgrounds look like they've been hand painted, which which yeah work yeah. really well actually. Like some of it looks really cool, and yeah, it just it was. Uh, I don't know. I think it feels like the like Disney in general are trying to lean into the whole anime segment a little quite a lot but they're like slowly like teasing it in in places because obviously there's the whole thing with star yeah. wars what's its face vision that's supposed to be an entirely uh anime designed thing um and i think i'll probably enjoy that as well it going off how i feel about this because it's already mm. My my biggest issue with anime has got nothing to do with the actual art style itself. It's literally because of the stories, and I struggle to follow them. Like we've been we've been over this several yeah, times yeah. in in a few different. We've been podcasts. over this, yeah. Um, I think because of it's already like a pre-established um universe, and I already know the rules with the universe and what's happened when and and whatnot. Like I think I'll have the same reaction with visions that I've had with uh this, and I think that that old. Yeah, it's it's interesting you mentioned the um the painted backgrounds because that's the one thing I, I was going to say a little bit different in terms of it, you know I, the animation so it looks like um it's kind of a mix between as you say the old Marvel cartoons but also it seems like they've you know based off a lot of the, a lot of concept yeah. art type stuff like you know when you see like concept for like the Avengers movies and all that kind yeah. of stuff um you know th- this isn't the first time Disney had done this as a it's alleged that the Star Wars Rebels art style was based off some of the early concept art for yes. Star Wars. Whether it succeeded in that is is up to up to your personal uh, belief. But it I does I definitely get a hint of kind of concept art and um, hand drawn 
uh, feel to it, as yeah. you say. Well, it, I don't know. It, it works as well. Like they, they've not just sort of thrown it yeah. in like they, they drew something and they can't be bothered to make it into a, something decent, so they just thrown it in. It is high quality and it works. They, they've blended it all together really, really well. Yeah, yeah. Next. <laughs> uh, in term- <laughs> next okay uh we mentioned it obviously so episode four uh we know it's obviously come out this week uh and that features doctor strange i watched for the first time doctor strange movie the actual movie um, or the, the cartoon movie the actual movie so i hadn't watched the yeah. movie before obviously seen the character quite a lot in benedict come out his portrayal of character quite a lot and obviously all the um avengers or sorry infinity war what do you think of that actor accent <laughs> It's so much worse in his actual standalone movie than it is in the, <laughs> any of the crossovers. His act- it is a it, it is a tad ropey. He can't. He he really struggles with an American accent. I, he's he's been getting better, I, but in that movie, it really shows through. Yeah, the, I said to someone that. So for those that don't know, I I work in a hospital, um, and the first kind of fifteen minutes of that movie, you know, when it's when it's all the stuff yeah. in the surgery. Um, I'm sat back going, that's not Amos. <laughs> you know, why Why are you not wearing this bit of kit for when you're using that's this piece of equipment? That's not right. You're not doing that right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why. Because they've got all, obviously, you know, they've got all the right names of equipment and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But I'm sat yeah. there thinking, like, for the, 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 the main one is when he's using the drill on the, um, uh, was it on the brain or the spine or something like that? Yeah. Some um, thing his poor patient's got. And he's not wearing a mask. And I'm like, it's got yeah. like splashes and stuff. Why are you yeah. not wear a mask? Yeah. And that, that's that's just the portion of my brain that's that's you know stuck in work. But I I, I you know Do that's you a, know the worst a um, unique thing that they filmed what? it in a hospital. <laughs> I mean, you you can it's tell a... you know you know it does a panning shot. So I'm like, yeah, I've done that, yeah. that, that, that. That uh, wasn't a reconstruction. That that's an actual. They went they went uh, to an actual hospital, hospital yeah. um, on a day when they they could go in. Um, and they basically yeah. took over half a floor for a day. Um, they got in, they got all the bits they needed, and then left. The, the, there's a couple of bits. So the shot when it's just the theater and um, like the cupboard where he comes out the cupboard and goes straight into the theater, that yeah, is yeah. a soundstage. Um, but mm-hmm. the the majority of like the the hospital bits are that it's a real hospital. <laughs> So it just adds that little bit of uh, yeah. Yeah. panache to it, doesn't it? But I, I, overall, where would you say Doctor Strange stands for you personally in terms of like, um, in terms of like your favorite well, Marvel it's movies? Not, it's not say? a bad movie. Um, I wouldn't mm. put it at the bottom. I think it's it's somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that was, there's that so was many Marvel thought. movies now. It struggled to keep. I, I struggled to keep yeah. track of like where I'd rank them. Um, I've I've yeah, got yeah. I've basically Fair just right. got like three buckets now. It's like bad movie, good movie. Not bad movie. Um, <laughs> it's it's okay, uh, and I, I think that's yeah. where I'd put I put Doctor Strange because obviously the Doctor Strange story is just a bit of a weird one anyway. Because yeah, it's like because because that was the first kind of time we've probably seen you know quote magic well, injected into I, I guess Thor as well, but I mean in terms of like actually based on Earth, you know the magic bit. Well, because before that the whole world had been more grounded yeah, it's not even that though because it's the first it's probably one of the first characters that you meet and you're supposed to hate them he's yeah, supposed yeah. to be someone you're you as a viewer are not supposed to like because that is how he starts his journey 
He wants to. T- I mean, I guess to- I guess Tony Stark as well. Kind of, but you don't really see that side of Tony Stark. Like you, you there's what the first fifteen minutes of the first Iron Man movie, you see him being. Yeah, like, I guess is, so. is it even that? Like. I mean, you, you, you get more kind of flavor text from Iron Man 2 and 3 in terms of, you know, the, the flashback and stuff. But 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 by that point, you've already kind of built up what you think yeah, about Tony Stark. Yeah, Iron Man 3 is where you really see it, because they do that big flashback um, with, like, the elevator scene. He t- like, he tells the guy to go up onto the yeah, roof yeah. and all, all that sort of thing. Um, and he's got, like, almost like a, a charming arrogance to him as a character throughout anyway. Yeah, I guess so. It's that kind of it's it's the same thing as as Bruce when he's being when Bruce Wayne's being an arrogant twat is the you know Playboy billionaire philanthropist yeah. kind of charm yeah. to him. But also with like Iron Man. So Iron Man's thing is he's creating weapons that terrorists are now using to kill innocent people. So yeah. he feels morally like he has to get involved. So he then goes off on this tangent morally, uh, saying I'm responsible. But that's not the same for mm. Doctor Strange. Because he, so he's in a car crash, and the first like 30, 40 minutes of the movie, if not more, uh, him trying to find the easy way out. He's the rich yeah, dude yeah. that he doesn't care how much money it costs. He wants his hands back, and he want he will go and pretty much do anything to do that because he's that selfish. He's a character that you're supposed to hate at the beginning, and the whole yeah. sort of story arc of him becoming Doctor Strange is him also becoming a better person because he goes from being the most selfish person in the world to being essentially a monk that yeah and I thought I thought it, that was done quite well yeah um, they, in, in, so they did that well it's just weird <laughs> there are not many yeah, other storylines yeah. that, that are all, along those lines where it, you start off with someone that you're supposed to hate and you end with the same character, but you don't hate him anymore. It's like an, an entire redemption arc, despite like only just meeting them. Yeah, it's 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 a very kind of unique approach to um to a, especially a superhero uh, mm. character. Yeah, you know because you know superheroes more than many, I'd say probably many other characters have got very defined good guy yes. bad guy. Yeah, you know those those are set in yeah. stone. Because the the whole concept of antiheroes is actually relatively new in comparison. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, the, the, you got characters like like Deadpool, like Harley Quinn, like um, uh, help uh, other antihero characters. I'm trying to, uh, I can't think of any um, more off the top of my head. Um, but oh, I can see the character. What's his name? <laughs> Deathstroke. Death. Uh, basically, um... basically, Deadpool's uh, DC rival. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Deathstroke's an antihero. He is classified as an antihero. He really. He, he does. He, he does definitely more of a villain. No, he does all of the wrong things for the right reasons, and that is the definition of an antihero. Or is one of the definitions of an antihero. I mean, I'd say that's more that more applies to Deadshot instead of Deathstroke. Deadshot. Is, no, it's classified same same guy. Uh, not same guy. Uh, same thing. Uh, Deadshot is also a about half the Suicide Squad count as being antiheroes technically. Um, yeah, I, because, I, I, I guess so, yeah. Because they're either doing it for themselves, or they're doing it for good reasons, but they're doing bad things. So, um, yeah. like Punisher as well. There you go, Punisher's another one. He 
basically he goes and hunts down criminals but what does he do he then murders them himself like he, it, yeah. it's a it's a bit of a blurry blurry line when it comes to anti-heroes yeah De- deathstroke uh deadshot because like deadshot he's just a mercenary he's just a mercenary it's yeah. a really good shot that's that's all that is all he's trying to do it's is in, money. it's in one of the worst after credit scenes in film history yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, no. I've made, I've made you sad by bringing that up, haven't I? Yeah. Uh, anyway, I mean, it also it depends on like the the context of it because if you're looking at uh, DC Apocalypse, mm. um, Joker becomes an antihero. That's just wrong. You haven't watched the Snyder Cut. I've just realised. Yes, because I don't want to waste four hours of my life watching a cut of a movie that the final version was already out and this man decided to go and spend the same amount as the actual movie remaking because he saw all the complaints people had about the original movie and went, oh, I'm going to change them. And oh, look, what a surprise. It's actually a better movie than the original, even though the original is still a steaming part of shit. And I reckon the Sonic is still a steaming part of shit. You'd be wrong. So he used about 25%, uh, no, he used about 50% of the original um, and then he filmed another 70 that. 50% from the original film made up about 25% of the overall Snyder Cut, and he filmed the other 75% on top. Um, which actually, considering he spent the same amount of money, he filmed more and did more with the same amount of money. Um, but I maintain the problem with that is that he saw all the complaints people had about the movie and went, I'm going to change them. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he basically... He, he... So... The, a Snyder the... Cut is meant to be a direct... A director's edited version of the film, not I'm going to no, go out and spend a crap no, ton no, more No, direct, money. director's cut is supposed to be that. He's gone and done his own cut. Now, honestly, I'm telling you, it is better. Yeah, but Tom, I've stumbled One... and it'd be better than the in original cut of Justice League. Yeah, yeah. So, I trust me, watch it. You, you right, so you know you know how I how critical I am of movies, alright? Yeah. You also know James. Viewers won't know James. James is going to be on this show at some point. He And he's on your streams all the time. Yeah, yeah. If if you you're ever tuning into my streams, it's it, uh Ghost Reach or Woodsy Spot and that, that that guy. He is more critical. Like if you watch my streams, you know he's more critical. He is more critical than me, okay? He watched it the other day. He was impressed. Yeah. I promise you, you won't be as disappointed as you think you are. <laughs> well, the the thing is, disappointment is a spectrum because I, I, you know, I I had no anticipation for this movie. I had no anticipation for for the Snyder cut. I saw it and went, "That's a, that's a guy who's gone." You know, okay. As I said, as I've said many times, fair enough. You know, he he had to leave the original um, production of Justice League for personal reasons. Not holding that against the bloke one bit. You know. Personal reasons, you know, come before work. Absolutely get that. Yeah. But then he's gone, right, you know, I saw this movie, got an absolute pasting. Let me go and take all of my footage that uh, that I shot yep. on on the uh, the studio's back, yep. on their dollar, yep. and go, I'm going to make them spend more money yep. to film more bits of this film. Yep. And also, hmm, what do people not like about this film? Well, we've got that and that and that and that. Let's change all this bit. And then, like... It is the most, you know, just, he couldn't make it more of a quote-unquote perfect version. You may not like the tried. premise behind it, but trust me, it's worth watching at least once. I promise. I don't want to. I don't want to waste four hours of my life. I'm never going to get back. It's. It won't be a waste. It will be. No. That right. They spent. 
how much more money doing uh, Man of Steel, Man of Steel 2, or Batman vs. Superman, whatever you want to call it, Justice League, and Suicide Squad, and Aquaman, I'll throw that in there, uh, and like, how many others, and they couldn't get a, a like consistent canon universe running. He's done it with one movie. Admittedly, that one movie is four hours, but so are the Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah, and that's why I haven't watched the Lord of the Rings movies yeah, either. Yeah, that's because you have no attention span. No, it's because I'm clever about my time. I have I have only a finite amount of time on this planet. I don't want to w- waste it watching something that I have no interest in. It's not okay. Back to the topic at hand. Yes. They, um, he's, he's, I'm not, not single-handedly, obviously, because there was a, a quite a big team, but he has done what the studio couldn't do with like eight films with one four-hour long cut. Just, just, just watch it. God's sake. No. Back to Doctor Strange. Back to Doctor Strange. So, I can't remember what point we were making. Anyway. Um, Somehow we got onto... Um, onto the Snyder Cut. No, we got onto... Uh, what was it? Anti-Heroes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we were saying how we, they did quite well in terms of setting him up. You know, uh, uh, Stephen Strange is a dick, and then he becomes a yeah. decent character by the, by the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought it was quite alright. But I, the reason I actually started watching this, and this is more of what I wanted to get onto was because, of course, the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home came out. Yes. And I am pumped for um, this movie. Just to clarify, it was leaked out onto YouTube. Yeah. And because it was leaked, the following day, uh, the studio officially released the trailer um, just to try and clear things up for people. Um, so the initial release trailer was leaked out first. Uh, I just want to make that clear that we are aware of this. Why is that? Can I ask why is that important to clarify? Because you know, because if trailer was going to come out anyway, if you know the film was set because for the twelfth of they're December, they're not the same. They're not the same. the The leaked one was not the same as the uh, original release, uh, the official released one. Well, I I I watched the one that was released by Sony and Marvel. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. That that one's that one's the proper. Yeah, um, there was just there right. was a second one floating around which wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah accurate to what they wanted to release shall we say okay okay so where should we begin should we start with what i'm almost looking forward to as much as seeing the um rose gallery and that's basically a movie filled with the chemistry between benedict Cumberbatch and tom holland because in it in, because they've always been partnered up in interviews and there's such a good chemistry between those two i can't wait for a move where it's just them pretty much yeah um that's gonna be so much fun the fact that obviously now Stark, for those that don't know, now Stark's gone. The fact that uh, Peter Parker now needs, or doesn't need, but um, has a, a, essentially an open slot for someone uh, to be like his mentor. Especially now that his obviously did. Did you watch uh, Far From Home? Yes, of course. I did. Yeah. Uh, so now with his identity being like publicly known. Yeah having someone to talk to about it and somewhere to go that he's not worried like he's going to get into trouble or whatever that is basically some it's something i think the character needed and stark was that for him before Mm. it all exploded now everything's exploded and now he's worried about it finding obviously doctor strange to help him as that yeah uh, in real life, Tom Holland and Benedict Cumberbatch are amazing duo. The characters themselves were amazing duo in um, Infinity War, 
yeah. and and just yeah it's gonna be i'm excited i'm excited i've but never if... been i've never never even with the past two i've never been excited about a spider-man movie but this one i am actually excited about even the you know the small um, opening moment of of that trailer, where it's like, um, Miss, uh, "Doctor Strange, I need your help." I think we say, we say the universe. Right? I think we can um, drop you calling me sir. Okay, Stephen. And it's just that moment of that's weird, but I'll okay. accept it. <laughs> yeah, it's like I I love that bit. Also, also something else cool. that I I refuse to skip over. They're bringing back Doc Ock with the actual actor that played him. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Like, oh my like, god, I'm so shivers down the spine when he when I heard, when it, I heard his voice and his face came up on the screen. Yeah, oh my god, he's actually back. Holy I mean, shit! Th- I mean, there was a lot of talk as well about it being a multiverse crossover with yeah Garfield and Maguire. Yeah, which, given that he's there, and and Willem Dafoe as and as Green Goblin uh, as well. Is and it, also is it reportedly, Green Goblin or no, as as Green Goblin, Green Goblin, and also, um, obviously, we saw in the trailer some yellow lightning, and I'm like, if that's hang on, hang that's on. obviously the, Electro. I've got the trailer up right now. Yeah, yeah, there is yellow lightning. There it is. Yeah, if that's um, if that's one Jamie Fox, holy crap, that would be cool. Having that would be amazing. Having the enemies from all of the. See what's what's quite interesting as I read, I was looking at um, you know obviously going through you know, nerve brain a- analyzing the trailer and there's a couple of moments. So when the lightning hits, yeah, in that frame, it looks like I I think there was a was an archive I was reading about the something regarding the, I can't remember what it was, but there was something that I read um, showing that if you look at the particles of what's coming up, there's a possibility that sand. And if Sandman's going to be there as well. I was just thinking, is that Sandman? Because I'm looking at it now. That does look it does like, look like there, it, doesn't there it? could be a physical form there. Yeah. Because the other one was is the, um, that I was really, really trying to study was there's a frame, the shot after that is of Peter Parker standing in front of like a... It's a very, very black shot. Um, so you can't see a lot. There's like something in, in the, um, behind him. Are you thinking... What is that? It's like black and red-ish. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's almost like an archway. I'm thinking, is that Venom? Surely I, not. I doubt it. I doubt it'd be Venom, especially with uh, Tom Hardy doing the whole with the second Venom movie coming out. Um, but with Sony. but I'm, but but we should. But what we need to remember is if so if they are going to go for because obviously it's mentioned in the um, the multiverse is a, is a thing we know frighteningly little about if. If I must um, carry out this with, if we're going to be having Goblin, Electro, who else did we say? Sandman, Doc Ock, uh, Doc Ock, Eddie, what was his name? Uh, ah, the actor that played Venom in uh, Spider-Man Three. Oh yeah. Um, Topher Grace. Yeah. That could that potentially be Topher Grace's Venom? That would pop me huge if that was. There's. That would be so good. Um. There's more than one trailer out now. Well, there's one that I think is a bit of a, a mashup. It's from Screen Culture that I'm like, eh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, the, but from what I saw, the, the, there's one official trailer which is out from Sony and Marvel. Um, I haven't seen any more. But I should also mention that, again, during the, the screen analysis thing, going through, there's a moment where he's running through a canteen and he's in a black suit with a little bit of gold trim. That, but 
it's the yeah. it's the Tobe it's the Toby Maguire style suit. Yeah, with the like with the exposed webbing, and I'm like, this that, is getting that, that suit, fan service levels. Like, if you look at the where the yellow lightning uh, lands with all the the dust, he's wearing one, that. That's what he's wearing. Yeah, like oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, this one is a bit because there was uh, Garfield with Gwen. Yeah, it's yeah. There's they they've tried to. I think the, uh, when whoever's edited those is clearly think. You know, let's try and get some views on the on the fact there are rumors there's going to be kind of like multiverse crossover between yeah. those three Spider Men. But of the official trailer, it looks incredible. I can't wait for that to come out. And again, as you said, the fact you know you Willem Dafoe back as Goblin, that laugh was such a great such a great moment. I mean, that's all they needed to do was do yeah. That, uh, the laugh and then the, the subtlety of of the goblin bomb. But they so good. They didn't just do that. They did Doc Ock as well. And yeah, like I only I I actually I knew this was happening, but I only found like they only released the information about that bringing back Doc Ock. What two three weeks ago? Yeah, that that's only been common knowledge. Well, I say common knowledge. That's only been public knowledge for. Very, like, wasn't wasn't it something like the act confirmed in an interview or something that he'd been on set? Yeah, or he'd been spotted on set or something yeah. like that. Uh, and I think he he shouldn't have done that either. I don't think he was allowed to no, do it, but he did no. it anyway. Yeah. Can we just say again, in terms of great moments, like again, a kind of a shiver. As I said, in terms of the um, the goblin laugh again, the, like the shiver up the spine of the the octopus claw and the hello Peter is just it was amazing watching that. And that moment, and I also love the fact that then it cuts straight to um to Pete, and he's wearing the metal suit. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, because it because it shows him obviously not to get. To, I was going to say not to get into too much analysis of the Spider-Man lore of the in the trailer, but we've we've gone there already. Because obviously he's wearing his black and red suit uh, that he had made in Far From Home. Yeah, with the black suit with the gold trim, which is the Tobey Maguire style. I think there was a tint of like from one of, what I saw one of the shots he's got a bit of blue on one of his suits yes and then and then we've got the iron spider suit yeah like this is going to be so good <laughs> sorry I just found a two minute short video yeah that someone has made and they're like oh yeah so this is the new No Way Home trailer and you can watch it and you can pretty much tell where they've taken the clips from that are not <laughs> they're just not yeah, it's just it's yeah. just not because it's like you know um can't remember which one it was one of the original three Spider-Man movies. Uh, Willem Dafoe looks up to his balcony in his apartment and the uh, the statue's talking to him and he like, yeah. looks up. Yeah, and is really I think scared. that was the first one. I think they used that scene, but instead of the statue, it was a Doctor Strange portal that you, that had just appeared. Oh, okay, which is quite funny. And I I. They use like Doctor Strange. There, there was a the scene from Doctor Strange where they're out in like Shanghai Street or whatever, and yeah, then it yeah. replaced everyone but Doctor Strange with like one of the different versions of Spider Man, and then yeah. uh, Daredevil was there for some reason. <laughs> well, obviously, we, we, as we said in the in one of the might have been the first podcast we did, and um, there is rumors that Charlie Cox, oh. the Daredevil in Marvel, had was on oh. set. Um, we shall have to see if if he turns up. Please, um, please. Which would it would be cool? It would be really cool if he did. Please. Um, I want I, I, Daredevil 
to be canon. Yeah. I want that. Da- I want Punisher to be. Ca- I want Daredevil to be canon. I want it all to be canon. It'd be so good. They went out of their way to make it. Why not just stick it in there? There's no reason why yeah. they can't. <sighs> Bloody Marvel. I- what? Hello. Why does this always end up being a Marvel conversation? Well, because Marvel is consistently great and DC isn't. I thought you were against big companies. Well, I, I'm, alre- I'm I already being chased down by that weird giant inflatable <laughs> Disney-headed Disney-headed thing, thing with a, the, yeah. the giant pen that's going to be claiming everything if I don't make my own paper yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Tom, you're referencing really old. You're oh, referencing months-old I'm... jokes and expect people to get it. Nobody's going to understand <laughs> me. Go back and watch um, the rest of their podcasts. Right. So. I think I think we've we've touched on Spider-Man No Way Home. Is there anything else you want to say apart from I'm like we're fucking pumped and it's oh, going to be hopefully really no, awesome. like like I say I'm I've never been hyped for a Spider-Man movie ever. Uh I, it doesn't matter. Like I was I really wasn't interested in the Andrew Garfield ones. Um well, I don't think anyone was. I I watched the Tobey Maguire ones because they they I mean it's, it's the OG movies. One was yeah, one was yeah. good, two was good, three was uh, yeah. um <laughs> Um, and then obviously Andrew Garfield turned up, and I was like, "Oh, okay, so they're just doing a reboot." And yeah, I it it. Yeah. The thing, can I just say one thing about about those Andrew Garfield movies? Yeah, like they're they're crap, but and this is a very interesting point that I saw one of the reviews touch on. Um, cause, you know, reading review retrospectives on, on some of these movies, and I was like, "Look, there's one good thing about those about those movies, and that's the on-screen chemistry between Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield." That is the one redeeming element in those movies because they're so mm. they're so good. Yeah, but it's just a shame that Andrew Garfield's portrayal of Spider Man is not good because he's just he's too cool to be Peter Parker. I think like I skateboarding think, around and all that kind of stuff. I think I've, too cool. I've said this before. Like it, it's Tobey Maguire was really good at Peter Parker. Yes, I think you said that. Yeah, Andrew yeah. Garfield was really good as Spider Man. Yeah, but Andrew Garfield can't do Peter Parker, and yeah. Tobey Maguire just didn't do a, a decent enough Spider Man. It like even if you watch the films, like they're good films, and the portrayal was quite good, except for the fact that you forget that it's Tobey Maguire. You forget yeah. that Peter Parker and Spider Man are the same person because they yeah. they feel like two different people, and the way you want it, you want it to be the same you want to know that it's the same person both in and out the suit and tom holland yeah. does that really well yeah because he's essentially just still playing peter parker in a suit he just doesn't yeah. use his name well it's, it's it's that thing isn't it? you know it's the um the tobe Maguire peter parker you know with the heart moments and all that kind of stuff and then the quipping fun loving action kind of spider-man and yeah. you get tom holland he's just he's he's so so good for, for the for not just what they need in the Marvel Universe, but as kind of a portrayal of Spider-Man, he's so good. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But I was going to ask, so, so were you not... You said, you know, this is the first Spider-Man you movie you've been really, really pumped for. Yeah. Were you not for the first nope. Tom Holland movie nope. for um, Homecoming? Nope. It took me eight months to get around to actually watching it after it came out on DVD. Oh, wow, okay. okay. Like, that's not even after it was released in cinema. That was after it came out. Yeah, on, after like, it came out on, on DVD. On, on DVD, Blu-ray, whatever. Yeah. Um. Because obviously we went to see Far From Home in cinema. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Reluctantly, I said, "Yeah, yeah it's great. H- hang it's... out with friends. It would be it'd be a fun time." But uh, I mean, uh-huh. it's it's looking like uh, you know, still yet to see. Touch wood, still yet to see the um, home uh, No Way Home. But Far From 
Far From Home is probably looking like the weakest of those films. It's still fantastic. Far, but... Far From Home was... I mean, it felt like a mini-movie. I'm not even... Was it even two hours long? Uh, I need to, I need, I need to check, though. Uh, what was it? Far... I don't know, actually. Far From Home. Literally two hours, ten minutes. <laughs> so only just. Yeah. That... Yeah, it felt like a mini-movie purely because like they, they hardly did anything in it it was very much one issue then another issue then something random happened like shield turning up and then there was a big issue and then they solved the big issue and then they all went home i mean there was there was some definitely you know i've as i said i i thought it's, it's probably the weakest of three movies so far obviously we haven't seen um Based on the hype that I've got, basically, for this third movie, it's probably taken it above Far From Home. I really, really still enjoyed Far From Home. I thought it was really good. Mm. Um, you know, the the Peter Parker making his suit in the um, in the Stark plane, you know, <laughs> yes. is such a great moment on its own. Yeah. Anything to do with Happy in that movie, that Happy was there for, so um, John Favreau. Yeah. Just yes. Yeah. That, I, yeah. I think they yeah. were my, my favourite bits. Um, also, when he walked into the room and like Jake Gyllenhaal was stood there, and he's like, "Okay, who are you?" and he's still there in his big gold outfit, and then he picks up like the helmet and stuff. And it was weird though because I, I think somebody said while we were sat there watching, "Hang on, isn't that meant to be the bad guy?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I did quite, I did quite like the what because it felt like the, you know going into it the subversion of expectation. Going Mysterio was a good guy at what point is he, is he going to turn because obviously you know mysterio is pretty much i was gonna say is he spider-man's greatest villain but cool there's quite a few that could take that title it would depend on which area of the universe you're looking at as well because like, yeah yeah um, which, which iteration kingpin was quite a big one for him yeah um, yeah doc ock obviously because the personal connection with peter yeah uh goblin venom because venom knows everything that yeah um yeah, i think do. i think it's all dependent on the the sort of what it like you say, what which iteration it is. Um, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, actually. Obviously, you know, we said that the Far From Home is just over two hours long. Yeah. I wonder if it would have felt like, you know, a bit better. Because, you know, having seen all the deleted scenes they took out that were in the trailers. You know, of him, you know, getting ready to go away, but still doing his Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. Maybe it would be seen a little bit better by yourself, possibly, if, oh, you know, if, if that had been said. And there's a bit of more of a feel. Because it did feel like, you know, not really doing a lot of kind of saving New York. Yeah. And he didn't, you know, it didn't feel like, you know, what have you, it doesn't really feel like you've done a lot to kind of earn a vacation here. If they'd shown a little bit more of him actually, you know, actually saving the city and maybe get a little bit tired, then you could kind of justify the whole thing of him needing to go on a, on a summer vacation. Yeah. I'm just looking at Homecoming as well. Homecoming is only two hours 13, so it's only three minutes difference. This is ridiculous. Is it really? Yeah. It, feel, it feels a lot, it feels a bit longer to be like that. Plus, um, Michael Keaton likes to add time, doesn't he? He talks very yeah. slowly. When he uh, when he I gets mean, going, I don't mind that because it's Michael fucking Keaton. The man's incredible, right, Thomas? Yes. I think we've touched on on Spider-Man. There's there's something I want to touch on that I that I finished watching season one of last night. Yeah. I, I want to touch it now because we've got about I said about forty five minutes left of the podcast. Okay. Uh, and we've talked a lot about movies and stuff. Okay. Uh, and I want to get to if there's any kind of games or anything you want to touch on. And um, but I want to go for this first kind of a like a culmination of of tv stuff i think i know where this is going what do you think i'm gonna bring no, up no, no, keep going keep going i recently finished 
Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh god, don't. and I really enjoyed no. it. I no. thought it was. I thought it was. It was quite. No. There are some moments where I'm like, this is just, you know, no. it's kind of not enjoyable. But I've, 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 overall, I quite enjoyed Lower Decks. I've, had this, I thought it was quite I've had this conversation on stream with uh, uh, Ghost with James um, yeah. before uh, quite a few times because he likes it too. Um, and I I am sort of a, a diehard ori- like yeah, original, yeah. It, it stick to original track kind of yeah you're probably you're probably the most kind of star trek loving person in uh, <laughs> that the, the, the i know yeah and uh and i mean i i do have like a couple of complaints as i said about uh about lower decks it's not a perfect show there are kind of few too many slapstick moments and like yeah. cringe moments i don't like yeah. and also the, the fact that a certain character from next generation is made to look like a good bloke even though we know he's a massive twat yeah you found Riker then, did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, Ugh. it's... It, it, I don't know. It just feels... Talk to me. Talk to because me. Because... This is, it's like a therapy session for you of why, why do you not like Lower Decks? Well, I think it's because it's not made by anyone that has worked on any of the other Star Trek shows. Not not really. Like It had some of the s- similar concept artists and some, a couple of the producers are the same. And like, like it's Obviously, it's the same studio. But... Yeah. It just feels like a load of new people have come in, looked at maybe, I don't know, the, the, the Star Trek movies or um, like one or two episodes in the series, not really understood the concept that Gene Roddenberry put forward and then has gone, you know what, we're just going to do our own thing. Like, I have the same feelings about Lower Decks that I have against 343 and what they did to Halo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. new people coming in not really having any idea what the fans of the franchise want, need, like or whatever, and they just come in they go, no, our ideas are better than yours and then they go off on one, because the whole concept that it's based on is wrong now I know, because this is going to pop up at some point I know it is meant to be a spoof show, I am aware of this I still hate it because <laughs> it it's, okay. it's the the whole the whole premise. Like I I know they've done it on purpose, and I know they've done it on purpose, and I know they did it on purpose to annoy people, and they've succeeded because the whole <laughs> premise of the fact that depending on what your rank is dictates what shit level on the ship you work on is wrong. It's just wrong. It's not how it works. You're also not allowed to drink on duty. Episode one, drunk. First introduction of the female, first, uh, primary female character within the series. She is drunk. Within t- 15 minutes, she sliced a big chunk of skin off a fellow officer. Does she get reprimanded? Does she? Hell. It's just, no. I don't care if you like Lower Decks. You can like Lower Decks, <laughs> but I don't. I'll, I'll put I'll put it this way. So, <laughs> I'm sitting in my um, corner. <laughs> okay, so first of all, you know the the reprimand thing. We know, we know you know there's, it gets hinted um, in the latter part of the season why she doesn't get reprimanded. Oh, what a shame! Also, I never so, made it that far. I made it three episodes and was like, nope, not doing this. Oh, really? I'm done. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so as I said, that what I should preface this with is. I've never been a massive fan of Star Trek, which is maybe why I like this. This is true. This is true. 
you know, I've the the most amount of Star Trek I've actually watched is I've watched all three of um, Abrams' movies, and I feel for you. I've watched a little bit. I think I might have watched like half an episode or something of like Next Generation or something like that, and, and I watched like the first two episodes of Discovery. That's that is my exposure to. So you picked Star Trek. all the bad bits. You've literally picked all the bad bits of Star Trek and gone, yep, that's terrible. It's like I mean, you've strategically picked out the exact bits that like all Trekkies are ashamed of and gone, I'm going to judge it on these bits. Well, I've, well I was going to get to that. You said about it's not in lines with Roddenberry's vision. From what I heard, the most beloved stuff is like Voyager and Next Generation. Oh, Voyager was terrible. Which, which don't follow... Next year. From, nope. Just from what I've heard is those are the things that are most loved by Star Trek fans. And apparently from what I've heard from a lot of Star Trek fans is those don't follow Roddenberry's vision. Well, that's not true. Roddenberry was part of the team that made Next Generation. He died halfway through season three, I think. <laughs> so that, that that's not true. Roddenberry was still around when uh, when Next Generation was being made and that set the uh, the premise for Deep Space Nine and Voyager, but the whole the whole premise behind it is the betterment of humanity. That is literally it. Is we need to better ourselves to be able to move forward. And here is essentially some examples of what could potentially be found in the far, far, far future if we decide to change. And he was doing this back in, like, well, I mean, when when was the original series? Like, the I don't know. 20s 30s and it's what the hell i, don't know. I thought it was bloody hell it, it that's a... the original series i mean that, those yeah. dates are probably wrong you've got google for a reason Tom. yeah i'm i'm, Let's I'm have a look. on it i'm on it 60s sorry 60s i was gonna say the 20s and 30s, that's a are you sure about no, that no i'm not i wasn't i'm I, i'm clearly viewers of of this know that i'm i'm not awake ever but yeah so like like he was doing all this back in the 60s, alright? We hadn't even been to the moon yet. Season 1, episode 1, came out 1966. We hadn't even been, as humanity, we hadn't even been to the moon yet. And he's yeah. writing and producing a show of humanity that goes to other planets. And it's it's an inclusive show as well. Like... Um, there have been many interviews and many other things that point out that actually um, with like, because a, a lot of people will watch it and they'll watch the original series and be like, oh, well, that's not very inclusive because obviously um, sort of the, the uh, this is going to sound really harsh, uh, the women don't have main roles. Even yeah. though Ahura, uh, a black woman, is up front on the bridge now there was supposed to be two others. The studio overruled Roddenberry on that because they said it was unrealistic. That was 1965. Yeah. The studio did that. Um, and this is... That's actually... Um, if you watch... It's a documentary done... It's Leonard Nimoy's son about Leonard Nimoy being Spock. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's called I Am Spock or something like that. Um, and it's Leonard Nimoy uh, did a few things with his son, <clears throat> and then his son did, like, if you watch Big Bang Theory, uh, you see his son come in and talk to Sheldon about that. That 
documentary does exist. It is a real thing. Um, Big Bang Theory sort of they they used each other to sort of boost boost up. Um, because if you watch the um, if you watch the actual documentary, a couple of the actors from Big Bang Theory are sat on the Big Bang Theory stages talking about how it sort of Leonard Nimoy's acting career actually helped them get into acting and get into sci-fi and all that. So, but in those interviews with Leonard Nimoy, he goes through all the stories of what the studio actually had to do to overrule Roddenberry about a lot of different things. One of them being not having too many women on the bridge, and another one being they actually, the studio well, the the costume department had to report to the studio before they could go to any of the producers or the creative directors on the sets because of uh, reasons, which is why some of the outfits are a bit weird back then. And after... As it, as it went forward, obviously, after season three, it got cancelled. When he brought it back with Next Generation, you quite clearly see, suddenly, all of the previous issues that he was having with studios. Well, not maybe not all of the previous issues, but the majority of the previous issues that he was having with the studio, gone. There's usually, watching it, there's usually two to three female characters on the bridge, whether that be main mm-hmm. characters or background characters. Yeah. Like... The, the lead doctor is female even when they changed out the doctor for another actor and a different character still a female doctor and you'll also see uh unisex uniforms mm-hmm. throughout the entire se- yeah. uh, throughout the entire series you've got both women that are walking around in like full jumpsuits like the men were or like trousers and jacket like the men were or on alternatively you've got men walking around in dresses quite clearly in the foreground in quite a few scenes like it, it it's something that was supposed to be massively inclusive and that continued from next generation through deep space nine through void through voyager i don't like voyager and then suddenly you've hit discovery and it feels like it's all a bit wrong it's wrong because it's set prior to the original series but it's tackling problems that the original series next generation and blah blah blah, blah have already claimed to have been fixed okay it didn't and um... it doesn't line up properly and so yeah so like it just feels like all all sorry it is a bit of a tangent i've gone on that That's with right. star trek as a whole is it's been constantly fighting to break down barriers of like stigma around like gender equality uh, racial equality like everything it's trying to be the most inclusive and essentially enlightened as it can to push like humanity forward in a fictional universe and basically to say this is what we could be one day and then suddenly this cartoon comes out of nowhere and basically just sets the house on fire and says you know what <laughs> no you see all these morals that you stand by that like this long list of things that have been created and like essentially chiseled into stone over the past 40 50 years we're going to ignore that and we're going to do our own thing why because we can and it just i don't know i just it feels like it shouldn't be called star trek if do you think if if it were you know if it were if they put if, if it, they put it under a different title, I'd probably be less. I was going to say if it, it were just you know lower decks, for example. Yeah. Do, do you think you're, yeah. that you would, wouldn't would have enjoyed it? If, you know the idea of this you know group of people on the you know 
basically worker monkeys in the bowels of a massive warship. I mean, or a massive spaceship. Just go, you know. I wouldn't even care if they still kept it as like Federation and all that. Literally, the fact that they try and call themselves Star Trek is the thing that annoys me the most because this name has been hardened over fifty odd years, maybe coming up on. Oh yeah, it's coming up on sixty years. Well, probably and probably 5550 given Abrams's output. Well, that is uh, 1966, so that's what that's 40 2011 I think was the in, uh, the reboot. In 5 years. No, 2009. No, in in 5 was. years it'll be uh 60 years. Yeah. Um but yeah, that that like the, this this essentially battle-hardened name that has been sc- like scrutinized against and defended and like it's gone through all this stuff over these years combating all these different issues with uh within society both on and off screen that's created this massive community and it is like you can't really get much bigger than global and yeah then suddenly like these new people have come in decide oh yeah like it's it's almost like they've got no respect for what it stands for because I don't know. For me, Star Trek is more than just a show. It is essentially, I think, for me at least, it's it's essentially what what Roddenberry initially thought. I think was that it is something that like humanity could become this spacefaring civilization that like has eliminated hunger and like there's there's no more need for like currency and uh, personal wealth isn't really a, a thing that like we need anymore like, so we sold world assault world hunger and like, like there's no requirement of personal greed it's all to like everything anyone does was it was towards the the betterment of humanity and like doing stuff because you want to not because somebody told you to and then this I don't know, Lower Decks just feels like it's come in and gone, nah, do what we want. And yeah, it just, it's just, it doesn't feel right. It's, I struggle to put it into words. It just, it's not, it's not okay. It's not okay that it, I mean, I could compare it to essentially like, uh, you know, you know, like motorcycle clubs. Yeah. You, you know how, how some of them like Hell's Angels and stuff, they, they get so it's not just uh, a patch that you get when you join a club. Like, it's it's a community. It's a family. It comes with a certain level of respect, and you have to earn it. It feels like that's what the name Star Trek is, and this is sort of like an imposter that's just gone. You know what? I'm, I'm going to take that name. I don't care what anybody thinks of it. I'm just going to take that, and then I, this is how I'm going to represent it. And it, it just no, no, just no. I mean. But what I would, what I would argue, you know, because, you know, you, I'd say I've got, you know, a similar time of in terms of, you know, with regard to other things like, you know, I think I've stated on the show how much I hate the, what Disney had done with the Star Wars franchise post, post Lucasfilm buyout. But, you know, there are certain things, you know, the small things they've done well. You know, I think I've been quite vocal on how much I dislike what they've done for the most part. With Star Trek, you know, what, what I would say is, you know, and I, and I completely get what, what you've said. Do you not feel that, you know, it's the fact that it went for so long 
without you know without the i'll I'll say it without the the um the corporate greed without you know for example you know because we saw to use other like legendary licenses for example um you know transformers was you know a legendary cartoon series um in in the 80s into the 90s yeah and then obviously we get into the mid 2000s and then they go oh no it's a money pit let's use it for explosions and you know give it to michael bay and he'll just you know turn it into a way too overly sexual smashy bang bang cgi a thon yeah you know this is something this is something this kind of thing has happened to a lot of these kind of properties that people care a lot about yeah and i think you know, you look at you know because you, you've you've mentioned there you know the Voyager you're not a big fan of you know we've already been over the uh, the Abrams Athons and Discovery yeah. so what what we're trying to get at basically is it's it seems odd that you know unless I've misunderstood something in that in which case please correct me it seems odd that this series that you know and I'm, I'm just playing devil, devil's advocate as I said you know I I I enjoyed it um I you know I enjoyed Lower Decks I thought it was suitably entertaining had a cast of characters that i you know no real attachment to i'd say but kind of intrigued to see where they go with season two as i said you know season two is i think three episodes out at the moment so we'll see where it goes from there mm. it seems that you know yeah a lot of your anger towards it is you feel like this is the straw that breaks the camel's back this is the point where it goes you know let's just throw all this out the window um and, and, and go from there do you go on trying to get it? It just seems odd that you know you're f- a lot of it seems it's, you know, seems freaking. Long. It's this thing and not you know all the things that have gone before it. Do you go see what I'm trying to get? Yeah, at? it. It. I think it's. Is it the fanboy inside you that's hating it? I mean, I think that's part of it. Um, yeah. I mean, with with obviously with discovery and stuff, it's um, they tried. They got it wrong, but they tried. This just feels like they've actively looked at it and gone. You know what? No. We're not. We're not doing that. We're just gonna. We're gonna take it. We're gonna. We're gonna throw it away, and then we're gonna take what it looks like and take its name, and then we're gonna represent it completely wrong. And it. It just. It annoys me to all that. Like I. I tried. I tried watching it, but I got so angry by the end of episode three. I had to turn it off. Like it just. Yeah. It was. It. Yeah. No. Just. Just no. I do. I do see what you mean though. Like because with obviously with discovery as well very few people like discovery with discovery like a lot of people didn't didn't like it and i i was one of them especially for season one and two the later seasons though i, I think it is very much the that it, it felt like it was out of its time because mm-hmm. it went from being trying to solve problems that either had already been solved prior to it or hadn't even been discussed ahead of it in a time that it, they shouldn't even have come up and then suddenly once they like I, I don't know did you finish discovery i watched i think two i think i watched three episodes and gave up okay yeah so the, the later seasons i think it's the the last season maybe the last two seasons i can't remember it's been a while where they're actually in the future it's the most far forward that a canon series has gone Mm-hmm. it's the most far in the future that star trek has been uh with discovery and it suits its environment there and it makes sense there and it it everything suddenly falls back into place being 
this feels like Star Trek again because it's going yeah. back onto the exploration and like okay. the the problems that it's trying to solve and the the sort of societal uh, societal issues that it brings up are all relevant to not just us now but relevant to the time that it's situated in as well mm. and the scenarios that it finds itself in then while it was still like uh chronologically like story based in the past in between enterprise and the original series it just didn't feel right but for some reason once it's back into it's like gone further forward it does so i I don't know i think i'd recommend if you're interested at all and i know you're not really interested in star trek but but anybody if anybody's listening slash watching uh if if you're you you are interested in it and you struggled with discovery i'd recommend watching it you don't have to enjoy the first couple of seasons but but the last one when they finally go to the future and that is it's, it's not really a spoiler but yeah once they finally go to the future it feels so much more like star trek while they're there than it does when they're not so i mean you know I, and I, I, I guess I, you know, I've in the past made the argument of you shouldn't have to wait for for multiple seasons of crap to get to something good, and you know if uh, and that's why I won't revisit, and that's you know it's fair enough why you won't revisit um, lower decks. It's it's quite interesting actually, you, you know, you you, you, know, you um, say there about the you know the solving problems and stuff because it's it's quite interesting that you know as a series lower decks does yeah we're in the we're in the Star Trek universe you know um, all this stuff is I guess. To, again, please correct me if I'm wrong. It seems your, you know, your main problem is that it doesn't really try to address any kind of societal things. It just takes it as, you know, we're in the Star Trek universe, we're in the far, we're in the future. That's all been sorted out. Um, it's now about these individual persons and their kind of like, you know, their life on this on this starship. So I, I mean, I think part of the thing would it was was also key to mention is that apart from I'd say like the last episode i think probably the last episode leading into the last episode of season one leading into what's probably going to be season two and then that's probably it it's an anthology tv series so there's not like there's no arcs that span multiple episodes so and you know it's only 25 minutes long so it's i guess i thought you know we've not really got the span or the structure of a show to go let's you know let's address these societal issues in you know as it's often been said is that, that star trek is a view of the an evaluation or a perspective on the past from the view of the future yeah and um, you know because they've you know they've stuck themselves at the very from what seems like the very far end of the of the star trek canon and gone you know this is this has all been sorted out, so we've not, you know, as I said, there's not really anything they need to sort out. It seems, you know, that seems to be where your problem lies. We've got about 20 minutes left. Uh, if you've got anything more to um, touch on Star Trek, please do, but I was going to uh, move on. No, move on. Please move on. Dear okay. God, uh, move on. <laughs> um, right. Tom, we'll come back to you because I've done a lot of the speaking. What have you been playing uh, recently? Don't say Sea of Thieves because you always play that. Well, I, I, just, I can't really say anything else. Can I? <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> um, no, no it's, it's been a lot of um, Sea of Thebes, a lot of uh, Stellaris with the new update, and uh, we would jump back onto Minecraft 
recently on the stream. Oh, okay. Uh, really? Oh, I've been doing a lot of uh, trucking on um, American Truck Sim. That was fun. Yeah. I've joined yeah. onto a, a little um, VTC, a virtual trucking company, <laughs> to, to hang out with some people, made some friends that way, which is, that's really good. Mm. But yeah. No, my uh, my gaming life has, has not really gone anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask on um, on Troxim because I've you know I've never really got the appeal of of those of those types of simulation games. Yeah. Could you explain to a layman like what's the because you know the obvious joke is well if you you know if you enjoy playing Troxim just go and get a, just go and get a job driving that truck that you can pay uh, uh, money from yeah. it. But what would you say is the the appeal of those types of games to you? You know, is it the you know the community aspect of because there are kind of, I think there are online yeah. features to some. I know some, obviously, some sim games don't really have an online mode, but some do. Is it that more community feel? Is it the just it's you know it's can, can be uh, a bit of a calm experience. Other times it can be like rage inducing. What mm. would you say appeals you to most of those types of games? Um, well, I, I, to be honest, the um, ATS and and ETS Euro Truck Two, uh, Euro Truck yeah. Sim Two, they're. So they're they're made by a company uh, SCS. Up until the latest update, neither one had uh, sort of multiplayer functions. Uh huh. Um, and so another company, I don't know if it was a, an actual company or just like a group of people that decided they were going to make it, and then has turned into a company since. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Basically, they they made something called TMP Truckers MP uh, Truckers Multiplayer. Yeah. Um, and they run a series of servers for both American Truck Sim and Euro Truck Sim, which they basically so that they took the the maps um, and it, it they work in conjunction with the games. So you have to own the game, then you can get the multiplayer. Yeah. And obviously, with these games, like the DLCs are like map expansions, like they add mm-hmm. massive areas, like different. Uh, small European countries or sections of countries or in America uh, in ATS it's um, different states yeah and that transfers over to, to TMP so if like you don't own anything but the base game it'll only allow you access to the base game maps until you've gone and got the DLC and then suddenly you can access the wider maps so it, and that that on its own like initially I think initially to make it so that it's less laggy they removed all traffic Mm-hmm. Uh, from the servers so yeah. there's the only vehicles that are around are other players yeah and it's just it and you end up doing like convoys with like 15 20 people and these just all these big rigs driving one after the other like I, i've been on there solo a few times and had like 30 40 trucks drive past me of just people in convoy in a line and it it's just I don't know, like like I said, I've, I've joined a VTC and we, we do uh, trucking convoys almost every other week. And it, it is just the, it, it, I don't know, it's the, the com- community idea of like making friends. Because I've, I've made friends through the games. But also, like, the, the unpredictability. Okay. So, like, you'll be driving along and you think, well, you, you're driving a truck, there's no, what, what, what could possibly go wrong? But if you can't drive the truck in a straight line... <laughs> Or you don't slow down enough for a corner or whatever, you're gonna roll it. Now, yeah. not only is that fun slash rage inducing for you, it's quite funny for onlookers to to see. And like it, I don't know. It's just 
for me, I mean, I, I was always, like, when I used to play GTA, and I used to just go around, like, get a bus, and then just drive around in a bus, and try and yeah. drive around without crashing, and, like, following speed limits, stopping at traffic lights, and all that, inside GTA 5. Like, th- there was one time I actually, I got a bus while playing in, on an online server, and people used to come and, like, wait at bus stops, and I ended up with the enti- almost the entire server just on my bus driving around the GTA 5 map. And yeah. that's the sort of that's the sort of player I am usually. Like, if there's there's fancy like driving bits to do, I'll, I'll happily like do that. But I think also on top of it, like especially with I I find anyway more with uh, American Truck Sim than uh, Euro Truck is the customization uh, customization of it because okay. who hasn't looked at an American long nose big rig and gone I want one of them like as a kid you look at it i i was lucky enough that i was able to i i went to a fair once and somebody turned up for the mini car show like you, you've got a couple of old astins there um maybe there's a, a ford fancy old ford that's there one guy turned up and he had this massive great kenworth big rig yeah and it was beautiful like it was the custom spray job and there's like the the had like planets along the nose and then obviously there's like the you know like they did on the old the old airplanes they had the painted the girls on the side is it yes yeah, yeah. similar to that but it was all like the american diner style all the way along with okay. like uh the glitter paint and stuff and mm. like I, I, that was probably my first introduction to like trucks as a as a whole and i've always liked the the idea of like the the old american big rigs with like the long noses and stuff and so i, I don't know just playing that seems it it i mean it is calming for me it's something playing it i don't have to think too much like i've done a couple of streams with it and i'm, I'm i think i'll probably do a couple more at some point i don't have to think about it too much to be able to play it and it's just something easy but it is also still something to do that's yeah. in, that's still enjoyable and you get to i don't know say say you're doing a, a really long route going from one end of the map to the other by the time you get to the other end that's probably taken you maybe an hour, an hour and a half worth of real life time, and you're feeling like a sense of accomplishment at the end because you've been able to, you you were actually able to do it. And it just, I don't know, it's it's not really something that I myself could put into words. I, I'm sure there's a few others that could. Like, and it, it it's a game that can be entertaining. I don't know if you've been any in any of Danny's streams, Mister Daniel Owen zero zero. Uh, maybe once. Twitch.tv forward slash Danny Owen. Uh, Daniel Owen zero zero. He his like main games are farming sim and trucking sim. Whether whether yeah. that be ETS or ATS, he, he he jumps around. His ones, he is such an aggressive driver, and he he doesn't do the the TMP either. He does the single player or the recently added convoys, which means that um, traffic is still a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets angry at um, the AI. He he's like crashing into things all the time and like. I don't think he can go in, in like one journey without rolling the truck at least once. But it's all just, it's fun because it's like, oh, you can cause a little bit of road rage mayhem, and you don't get into trouble for it. <laughs> like it's, it's almost like it's just a a chill. It can be a chill time, or you like it. It's what you make of it. Yeah. Like you, if you go into the game deciding I'm just going to drive a truck from A to B, it's going to be boring. Then yeah, you're going to drive a truck from A to B, and you're going to get bored. But you can like set yourself goals for it so like because i've joined this vtc we 
are currently, as far as I'm aware, 43rd in the world. Uh, and that's for I, I think that that's out of just over 2,000 VTCs. Okay. So we're we're getting up there. Yeah. And to to sort of keep the place or to get get better or what whatnot, um, you have to drive a certain like you have to keep adding miles. So it's all measured in how far, like how many miles you've driven. Mm-hmm. But it's also how you've driven them. Yeah. So it'll only so the in the game there's two different things. It's real miles and race miles. And real miles are anything up to in well in ATS. I don't know the numbers for ETS, but in ATS American Truck Sim, they are anything up to seventy nine. Uh, yeah, from zero to seventy nine is real miles, and then from eighty plus is race miles. Yeah. And the uh, scoreboard. It does register race miles, but they don't affect where you are on the leaderboard as much as uh, real miles do. Okay. And so th- w- which we have to try and get as many miles in as possible, as soon as possible, whilst also staying below a certain speed limit. Yeah. And like keeping the damage down and, and all that sort of stuff. So it, it's, it creates its challenges once you, you look at it as a, a game to have challenges. Like, if you if you want to make it a bit more difficult for yourself, pick a drop off point that um that's like quite difficult to get into, or like that there's like different levels of drop off as well. Like so you can turn up at the main gate and then just click easy, and it'll just take the load away, and that's it. You you pulled up to the the actual location, and that's it. That's all you need to do. Another one is the simple one where you actually have to pull up forward somewhere, and then the more difficult one is you usually it's not always like this but the majority of the time you have to reverse the truck into a certain location okay and for someone that doesn't have a wheel like myself reversing is not easy (laughs) although you can watch someone like danny uh who does have a wheel uh and he can't reverse either so you know ups and downs but yeah, yeah so it's the sim games are very much what you make them they are essentially just simulations. Um, so it's it's what whatever you go in with is what you'll get out of it, and I, I think that's probably the same for for any sim. Um, it's like farming sim. You turn uh, oh I'm gonna turn up. I'm gonna plow some field. I'm gonna get bored. Well yeah, if that it's that's if that's how you go in, that that's how you're gonna feel. If you go in and be like, no, I'm gonna earn this amount of money because I want. I want these animals here. I want those animals there. Like, if you create a plan and decide that actually this is going to be, like, you go in with an idea of what you actually want to do, you'll have fun doing it. If you have no idea and just decide that it's a boring game from the off, you won't. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, like I said, I think I think that's for the same for pretty much all uh, sim games. Like, there was a recent one come out that um, I've not played personally, but I've seen people play it, and it is literally just Power Wash Simulator. <laughs> yeah Bloody hell. yeah but me being me it does look rather interesting <laughs> i mean well simulation games is something i've always personally struggled with because of that notion of it's the it's the because there's no engineered end goal within the game it's like the quote-unquote make your own fun thing yeah. i'm perfectly able to make my own fun in a lot of games but in something as quote-unquote basic as a simulation game i always struggle like you know i struggle sometimes in the sims to you know stick with a save yeah because you know, I I'll create the the sim, I'll build the house, and I've you know a good time putting the house together and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, I've got to play the game now. Yeah, I've got to you know guess I'll just make I you know 
make them have dinner or make them go to this place and socialize with these people. Yeah. You know, and that's always been the kind of death loop of boredom with, with that kind of game. And I always find, you know, that was with other simulations, you know, because the one I could never understand, I've, you know, I saw you stream it, God, this is ages ago. Mm. You're playing one of the train sim games. Ah, train sim world, yes. Yeah, those ones, I, you know, I see them, I go, okay, at least with something like farm sim or you know with farm sim the the hilarity has always come traditionally from seeing how you can make the physics engine bug out yeah at least in something like truck sim you can you know uh, you can think, take your truck and weave in and out of traffic and all I that i think kind of with stuff. truck sim there's a lot to do with bugging up the uh, physics engine as well <laughs> yeah yeah well it's not well it's not just that you know but you, you know you can as you say you can take yourself tasks like for example you know getting a bit of a if you can like a, a bit of a smaller truck and seeing you know, what time you can do from this place to this place, weaving in and out of traffic at top speed yeah. and all that kind of thing. But, you know, trains in my voice and, you know, you're you're on a, you're literally stuck on a <laughs> predetermined path. How the bloody hell is that any fun? Truck sim, uh, no, train sim was bloody infuriating because the controls were so confusing. Yeah. And when I say that, I mean, there was like, three different things that all meant go forwards and all three of them meant that i couldn't actually look forwards to go forwards so there was like there was a lot to do to just make the thing go and then you had to make it stop and this one level to this day i have still not passed because basically if you pass a red light in that game it says that you've done a dangerous maneuver and resets all the way back yeah and it's a in real lifetime it's a about an hour and 20 minutes journey and the stopping point that you have to stop the train at at the station literally is about half a foot from a red light oh okay and it's also it's a speed train as well so like it's not one that you can slow down really like a lot beforehand yeah you you have to slow down accurately to be able to stop at the point and i tried it three times and couldn't do it on stream and i've tried it a few times since and it, it yeah i still can't do it. it it was so infuriating to be honest i think train sim is very much one that it's more entertaining for people to watch my reaction to things on it than it is yeah. to actually play it i mean i i find it enjoyable anyway because it, it's as i do with all the train sim ones if, I, if i'm streaming it at least because i don't really have to think too much about it it means i can interact with chat a lot more okay um it means that like if people are watching i can have actual like conversations and actually think about like how i'm gonna reply as opposed to just coming up with like quick replies or whatever and it it just i don't know it they just seem easier to to be able to um do other things alongside Mm, i mean i guess the thing is also with them you know thing like because you know i also think of like you look at the most most recent microsoft flight sim you know i I can see a little bit of creativity there you know um going like oh i wonder if i can do this this ridiculous you know daredevil-esque flight path nope gun that you know flying under all these bridges and stuff like that i hate it i hate it so much i hate it so much i tried it I, i i downloaded it last week and i tried playing it and the majority of the controls are on the numpad it makes zero sense. As with because you need to get a joystick. As, well, as with even. as with most uh, games that require like any kind of like driving or like flight or anything like that, you can yeah. usually usually c- 
code it so that the mouse becomes essentially like a joystick. So you, you push yeah. forward, you go down, you pull back, you go up, left and right, blah, blah, blah. With this, nah. No, 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 no. The mouse cannot be part of the plane controls at all. You can use the mouse as essentially your character's hands within the cockpit. Yeah. But that's about it. You can't, like, grab onto the, the yoke with... Like I said, you can use them as your hands, but you can't grab onto the yoke and use it like that either. It won't work. It just, for some reason, it won't allow you, like in previous versions, to use it as the the joystick. And it's like the arrow keys. If anyone that's got a basic keyboard looks at your numpad, you can see the arrow keys on the 2, the 4, the 6, and the 8. Those are your directions up, down, left, right. And then seven and eight are the your like rotates, and it it just it makes no sense because like that they've coded the keyboard as well to different letters being different things. And it, it I just it you fly it all with your right hand, and as long as you, as long as you don't touch your mouse and you don't touch the rest of the keyboard, but also it doesn't write itself, and you have to guess everything. So like unless you've got the Series X slash Series S Xboxes. Yep. Or you've got a flight stick. It's just terrible. It really is. I'm starting to think that I might go out and just buy like a steering wheel, pedals, and joystick uh, just for to yeah. test these games out as we go through and just have like them around because it, it it was absolute. It was horrendous. I mm. it so many convoluted controls as well that made no sense. Because the other thing I was going to say is in terms of, you know, we talk about, you know, how someone like myself, you know, trying to find the fun in something like, you know, Train Sim is, as I said, the one around, like, how the hell can you get any fun out of that? Mm. But I guess the, th- the thing to remember is that, you know, these are games made by and designed for enthusiasts, you know, yeah train enthusiasts, you know, truck enthusiasts, you know, aero air- enthusiasts, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, you know, a lot of the finicky controls and stuff like that and stuff that's, you know, wouldn't really make sense from a just general player's point of view they're not really designed for yeah true for us it's more about you know appealing to the people who you know are a fan of this specific yeah form of um of transportation so yeah i guess you know swings around about it you know I, I i get you know i was just um sitting back and listening to you and i thought it, it applies to a lot of stuff don't it? you know just looking on my on my dashboard on my, on my pc you know i very much doubt that you know, anyone would be able to, you know, find as much enjoyment as I do from something like Democracy 3, which is a political simulation, or the Football Manager games, which is obviously football management simulations. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's very much a, an individual thing, isn't it? Yeah, especially with, with games and stuff. My my thing is very much the visuals. Like, yeah, if something yeah. looks good, I'll give it a chance and I'll try and play it, which is why I sort of... I'm going to be honest, I did struggle when you were doing the pay-per-view uh, wrestling yes, game. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was there, but I, I struggled. It's, it's, su- it's such simple interface and such yeah, simple pixel It is just yeah. words. <laughs> it's very, yeah, yeah. very much just words. And, like, I get it. I un- I do understand why people find those types of games sort of exciting to play and enjoyable and, and whatnot. They're just not my thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was one of the things with like the the um, trucking games and the flight sim, train sim, like train sim, farming sim, all that. I think the, one of the reasons I, I, I like those is because it is it's they're visually fun to look at, but also it's like 
you can sort of like bend reality look with yeah. it. Yeah. So like you, you can you can play with it and like you can do stupid things. Like I was watching a, a YouTube video of some guy playing flight sim, but instead of flying around, he'd gone and taken a role uh, in one of the higher populated airports control towers. Yeah. And he he was just doing like uh, narration and commentary on what was going on while also doing the control tower job essentially yeah and it was just it, it was so ridiculous so it, like there, there was a guy in a hot air balloon going down the runway at speed for some unknown reason and like it it, it was those things it's the it's the things of well in in reality hot air balloon that well that just goes up but you, you're playing you're playing a flight sim so obviously it needs a runway to take off doesn't it <laughs> yeah yeah it didn't but the guy that was driving it decided it did. So it did. And it, it it's that I think it's that kind of finding the unexpected within a fun, fun looking environment. Yeah, yeah. And warping reality to what you want it to be as opposed to what it is. Yeah. Uh there's there's, there's one thing I wanted to end on, actually. Um because you bring up you brought up an initial point <laughs> we'll try that again. Yeah. Uh, Take two. <laughs> yeah. Uh you brought up an interesting point with regard to you know, the reason you'll try a game is because of the visuals. Obviously, you know, as a, as I've said many times on this show, uh, wannabe member of the game's press, something that's, you know, it's not just me, it's, you know, there's a whole idea of, of game visuals. You know, if I see an interesting uh, game that's got some nice looking visuals, I will have, I will, you know, I'll be intrigued to look at it. Mm. I will make, is that I will make the distinction, interesting creative visuals. Uh, by that, I'm not referring to the graphic specs of a game. Yeah. The, the the I don't care about graphics. I really don't. Graphics can be really good or really bad as long as it's designed uh the game is based on having the level of graphics it has. Then mm. uh, what what probably a better way to put it is the, is the the art direction. Yeah, yeah. It, I I I look more it. more towards the sort of the art direction, the the creativity yeah. behind um what something looks like as opposed to the way a system actually runs um yeah, i just yeah. want to make that definition there um in case anyone gets confused we're not talking about graphic specs <laughs> yeah yeah talking about, talking about the graphical direction of a game yes how much would you say you know for example because i'm not I'm not sure if uh, you know i'm pretty sure you don't you know for example you know last week we had the uh, gamescom streams yes and a lot of, a lot of those that came up, you know, that you know, some of them had some absolutely gorgeous looking uh, art directions. You know, some of the ways they played with light um, really appealed to me. And those are the games I would, I will look to, you know, see how they progress and move forward and such and yeah. such. How much of that would you say, you know, for example, especially you know, with Game Pass offering such a wide selection of games, and you know, and you can simply press select, and you know, it gives you loads of screenshots and a trailer of of the visuals. How much would you say that plays a part in your decision to play a game or inquire into game as opposed to the genre it's in? It's probably the best way to put it. Um, so, for example, on Game Pass, there is, um, not sure if you've played it, the title called Celeste. It's got a wonderful art direction, and that's the thing that appealed to me more than the actual gameplay. Because the gameplay is standard, kind of like side-scrolling, climber esque fair yeah. um same thing you know same we saw that was very popular in the in the kind of 90s and stuff yeah. uh, but the art direction really sold me on that 
it's the same with a lot of other games. The art direction has really drawn me in. And sometimes you'll know I'll go, actually, I'm not a massive fan of the gameplay, but the visuals are getting me through this. Yeah. How much would you say that's the same for you? Or would you say that, you know, it's more kind of a balancing act or what would you say? Um, I think with getting a game initially, I think, like you say, looking at like the Xbox um, Game Pass store and all, all that sort of thing, I think it's probably about 30% would make okay. up what I think of like the, the visuals and stuff. Yeah, it'd be thirty percent visuals, then probably thirty percent reviews. Yeah. Read it reading yeah. the reviews that are there and stuff. And then probably the rest would be looking at gameplay and like made up made up of all the other the other bits, sort of how it plays and stuff. And like especially with Game Pass, because I'm not paying for the game specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably download it and still be like a bit wary of it trialing it out and stuff initially before i decided it was something i wanted to play like i'd still i'd play yeah. it a, a little bit and like work out the gameplay mechanics that i have i've based there have been games where i've looked at it and said that is a beautiful game i've downloaded it i've looked at all the reviews the reviews are great um and i've looked at the gameplay and the gameplay is great and stuff and i literally i deleted it because i didn't like the control scheme and i couldn't change it oh okay yeah. I I have done that. There have been several games I've done that. And it's literally because it's set up as a control scheme that my brain just can't handle and it doesn't allow you to change. Um, and there's been a couple like that. And so like I think it does, for me, it does play a really big part, but it's not not the whole not the whole thing. Yeah, I yeah. Say. Yeah, because I, I did the same with uh, Sims. Um, I managed to get Sims for Xbox. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, don't don't, don't do that. Don't do that. If, you, if you're yeah, going well, to we'll play, play Sims... Trying to play Sims on PC or try on my console is a bad yeah, yeah. You've got to play on yeah, PC. Yeah, if you're going to play Sims, uh, you, you do it You do it on PC. You don't You do not do it on Xbox. Xbox control systems are weird when it comes to stuff like that. Anything that you think requires a cursor or a mouse, there are very, very few games on Xbox that have successfully managed to implement a cursor system. Yeah. For, for like, big chunks. Because I know, like, obviously uh, Bungie did it with Destiny, the menu system for destiny is cursor based and that that works but that's because it's just the main it's just the menu system yeah, i think if yeah. they were going to put a, if you're going to need the cursor for the majority of the game there are i don't think to be honest i don't think there's any out there that have got the cursor system a cursor system that works well but yeah so like i say you, the art is about 30 percent. reviews are probably equal to that and then everything else is in the other 40%. Yeah, okay. It's interesting actually bring up the cursor thing because, you, you know, you, you, you're spot on. You know, there's so many games on on Xbox. They, for example, you know, um, City Skylines. You've got Planet Coaster. Yeah. Um, P- uh, Prison Architect. Civilization. Uh, Stellaris, I'd say, to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. The Sims. City. What's the the uh, Two Point Hospital. The Football Manager. You know, all these ones that require a cursor. I'm like... Why would you play them on... Uh, this is where I'm going to get called out. On, because on console. me and Ghost have been... Like, we just finished a Stellaris run on, yeah, I, I know on console. And we've just started yeah. a new one on console. And like I said, there's very few that have done the cursor system right. And Stellaris isn't one of those. Yeah. We play it... Like, literally, we've both got it on PC. We both do have Stellaris on PC. The only, re- and I've explained this in my streams when we've done it as well. The only reason we're doing it on Xbox is because on Xbox is the only place we've got access to all the DLC already. 
because we started yeah. playing it on Xbox initially. We've got the game on PC, but we've only got the base game on PC, and that's both of us. On, on your console, I presume it's like you're fighting against the game. Like, you're like I, I want to try and do on, this, and the game's screaming, why aren't you using a bloody mouse? On, on console, we have the game running at a slower speed so that we can keep up with everything. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, th- the way that they got around it, so for a lot of games, you need to be able to bring the mouse to like the side of the screen to be able to select an option that's in one of the side menus or along the top menu yeah, or yeah. whatever. The way they've got around it is the cursor is permanently stuck to the middle of the screen. Okay. And you use the uh, controller D-pad, the directional buttons pad, to go, yeah. like, if you want to go something on the, the left side menu, you click left, or you want to go to the right side menu, you click right. And you control the side menus using the D-pad. And that that works quite well but that is circumventing needing a a cursor as opposed to having a good cursor system yeah so yeah no it, it, i've said it a few times on the streams with the stellaris stuff as well it it's not great on controller the pc version is easier to circumnavigate with the mouse and it j- just generally is i i'd say it's a, it's a slightly better play just generally and also it's more up to date so it yeah it is like three or four editions ahead despite the fact we've just had a new dlc and we're getting another dlc very soon it's still two or three three or four versions ahead of console console we, we've got more in what we're doing at the moment which is the, it's the only reason we're playing console as soon as one of us is able to get all the dlc for pc we're probably going to transfer well, it's funny you've mentioned that. I've just had a thought. With um the the new Xbox... You're about to say about the Game Pass, aren't you? No, not really, because I was going to say, I don't think Game Pass has got it on... Um, it's got all the DLC. But I'm pretty sure you can access your own library of games yeah. like, through the Microsoft Store or something. Now, we, we went through this. So the reason I've got the game on PC is because I've got um, Game Pass Ultimate. So it, it yeah. covers both PC and Xbox. Yeah, of course. And I it, it says, you own the game. And I click on it, and it take it. I, like, I open it, and there's my Xbox account, and there's the game. Now, I the reason I've got the DLCs on Xbox is because I have paid real money for the yeah, for yeah, season pass one, two, three, and four. Which, in the long term, for what you get DLC and add-on wise, is worth it because it, it's cheaper getting the season pass than it is to buy each individual one. Which is why I've got all the up-to-date DLC and whatnot. Yeah. Now, I have paid for that, so that is owned by my Xbox account. Yet, my Xbox account on my PC does not recognize that I own the DLCs. That's very, very strange. It is, and we can't figure out why. So, as soon as we've either figured out why or I've gone and bought it again, that is when we'll transfer over. Until then, we're going to be yeah. on... We're going to be on... Um, xbox because one of the good things with stellaris and a lot of sort of real-time strategy games and stuff when one person gets the dlc for it as long as they're the host everyone the other person doesn't need to everyone can use the dlc i'm pretty sure yeah ghost uh james only has two two dlcs i think maybe maybe three and that's out of uh probably five dlcs and four add-ons i think yeah six add-ons so yeah no it's it's real the way they've done it is really good as long as like you've got the person that has it all is the one that's hosting 
I just it 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 annoys me because I've tried a few times to figure out why, and I have no idea why. But yeah, maybe maybe you'll f- figure out why it's not working and fix it at the same time. I managed to get my actual Microsoft account to actually bloody work on my uh, on my PC because it still doesn't to this day. It's really irritating. Oh really? Because it means I can't access I can't access Game Pass Ultimate. Because for some reason the Microsoft Store doesn't work. I'll tell you what. On my PC. I don't, we'll, I don't know why. Let's switch accounts. I'll fix your problem. You fix mine. <laughs> Deal. Oh, dear. With that, I think, Tom, it's uh, we've gone to a perfect moment to end. I've got to remember how to do this because we haven't done it for two months. 23 minutes over, I believe. Uh, yes, we have. <laughs> oh, <crikey. laughs> So... That was it. Self-promotion. That's what we need to do. Self-promotion. I, you can tell I've not done this for a while because I've completely forgotten how to yes. do this. Plug your various links and things that's actually got stuff going on and not just your inactive things, Thomas. Oh, go. shut up about the inactiveness. Basically, just don't go to my Facebook page because <laughs> I haven't been active on Facebook, on my uh, my uh, professional Facebook page in a long time. Or my YouTube, to be fair. Don't, don't go there either. Twitch.tv forward slash... Uh, Blues. I am on there at least, at a minimum, four days a week. Usually, I'm moving. I'm moving as of next week. I will be moving more into sort of evening streams. So it'd be sort of from about where we are now. Yeah, about four or five o'clock ish p.m. UK time uh, for a few hours, uh, and I'll be doing various other games. Um, if you show up there, that'll have all my other links. If you want to come hang out in my Discord and all that sort of stuff, that's uh, all available too. Or, hang on, hang on, I'm not entirely sure what it is, so I can... Yeah, twitter.com forward slash griffsxblues. I've been more active on there recently, so you can come and hang out on there. You'll get all my live notifications on there as well, um, and any other updates that I do. Also, uh, you've still got my Linktree uh, account, haven't you? Yes, yeah, I have. So that'll be in the description, so all the links will be there anyway. Bet he's already explained every single one that's all in there. Apart from his Patreon, which don't don't go and support him on Patreon. He's got nothing going on there. Don't do it. Don't give him money. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I received an email from Patreon the other day um, saying that, yeah, yeah, I thought so. I've just loaded it up now. They closed my page <laughs> because of in- inactivity. <laughs> well done. Well done. Oh, dear. And with that, if you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at twist.com forward slash Wilbo underscore 99. If you'd like to come out, Come and check out some of my video work. Those are uh, Bloody Brilliant Games and The Football Network on YouTube. And finally is th- on Twitch. Very, very kind of... I'm, sporadically. I'm, Let's go with that. Sporadically, yes. I'm kind of looking into plans to do it once uh, uh, once every Sunday. Because uh, unfortunately, unlike Tom, I've not got lots of time on my hands. <laughs> so that is GL75Sam, uh, all capitals uh, on Twitch. And playing mostly uh, Journey of Wrestling and Football Manager, both simulation games. But we'll be looking to dive into a couple of Xbox things as well. Text-based. Yes, text-based for the moment, but I've been looking at kind of some interesting uh, stuff on the Xbox side. need to uh, get you on the seas. You need to come sailing with me. I did. Yeah, you need to come do it again. I almost blew up the ship within about 30 minutes. This is true. Well done, me. (laughs) (laughs) That was was a very, very fun stream. That was... Mm. This was many, many, many months ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, you, myself, James, and uh, and Nate in a very fun Sea of Thieves stream. So that's uh, also on the uh, VOD on Tom's... Probably somewhere. Twitch Jesus Christ. There's yeah. enough clips of him around. It's... Yeah, yeah. But with that, we've reached the end of the show. Thank you to Tom for joining me. We will see you 
some point in the future. I won't say when. The, the, we're not <laughs> finished with this. It's just no, no. a lot of other stuff has been happening. A lot of life issues yeah. have turned up. Um, and we did have quite a few big plans for this. And unfortunately, because they involved um, external peoples and life happens because life happens, we weren't able to do said things at the time we want, wanted slash needed to do them. So hopefully we're going to sort it all out. We're going to keep moving forward and uh, get some more decent content out. Should be fun. Yes, indeed. There's been there's been a plan to do one specific episode. That I think that plan is dead now um, that we had to end up pushing back for weeks and weeks and weeks. Going back and, and back and yeah, back yeah. and back, yeah. Uh, we also should say we've mentioned all of our own personal channels. Um, be of course, be sure to follow us on Spotify. That is probably the place where we're best to listen to. Um, because obviously you can listen because you can listen to it on the go and all that kind of stuff. But we are also on YouTube. If um, you are listening, uh, make sure you you know drop drop us a, a a subscribe on the YouTube's and is is it is it a follow or is it a like on uh, the spot? It's a follow. It's on a, Spotify. Fo- a follow follows on follow on Spotify. Okay. Um, yes. For those of you on Spotify, though, we, we I am gonna uh, there's another peek behind the curtain. He's, he's probably gonna shout at yeah. me. Um, he's hi- he's hijacking my end screen just a little bit. Um, make sure that if you are following on Spotify, you do come over to the YouTube channel you, and subscribe as well, because I've got some plans in the future that Sam probably doesn't want me to talk about, but I'm going to do it anyway. Of We are going to be doing some live podcasting, which is going to be a bit weird. It'll be a little bit like a talk show. It will be very it strange. It will be very strange. Be, there's going to be cameras, there's going to be guests, and it'll be essentially a live stream to YouTube. So make sure that you uh, come over and you follow. Uh, yeah, you fo- follow on the Spotify's, uh, s- subscribes on the YouTube's, like the like the little uh, the little video that you know the little thumbs up that's down at the bottom. And if you have any opinions on anything that has been said in this one or any of the others, tell us, tell us so that we can talk about it in the next one. In the comments, yes, Tom with the course of action, good. Do man. it. Tell us what you want from us. And we will do our best to provide it because yes, we yeah. Also should uh, should say that HJ official, of course, is not just the podcast. Um, it's also stuff somewhere down the line whenever people can be bothered to actually yes, get right. involved in all this. Right, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm doing the best I can. That's not at you. That's at the rest of the people. Oh, oh okay. But yes, uh, HJ official, not just for the podcast, but for the moment, that's the only thing on there. So please, yeah. as a Obviously, uh, go and check out the backlog. Go and check out all the previous episodes that Tom was alluding to with his jokes. And then you'll uh, listen back to this and go, oh, no, I get that in joke. Yes. But with that, we've reached the end of this uh, episode of the HTA podcast. Thank you very much for listening. As I said, we shall see you again. All the love, people. In the near future. Bye-bye now. Goodbye.